We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Proud of the season that they had. I, th- I feel like uh, like it was a it was a team that had a lot of challenges. You know, I don't think it was a team that was too highly touted coming into the season by by the pundits and the prognosticators and all that. And I think they proved a lot of people wrong all year. Quarterback made a statement all year. Uh, so many players, so many players that had so much to prove. I think of a guy like John Simpson. You know, just off the top of my head, who had so much to prove and coming and play the way he did. Um, you know, uh, Jadavian Clowney, Kyle, Kyle Van Noy, just two guys that came in late, you know, that, that uh, you know, didn't seem like anybody else wanted, right? And they came in and played the way they did. So uh, there's so many stories on this team, so many individual stories. The message is, to, you know, is, is, you know, eyes straight ahead, you know, your chin up, your chest out, and, uh, and understand what you, what you did accomplish. And uh, I'm proud of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I have an immense amount of respect for, you know, every single guy that stepped on the field with me uh, this year on the defensive side of the ball, just knowing all that we've been through, guys that was injured, uh, got injured, IR, guys injured, came back. And I just know I just know what it means to, like, actually have in my short, like, six years in the game, like, just having, like, a group of, like, truly unselfish dudes. Dudes don't really care who gets the credit. All celebrate one another. And, like, it's hard to find that in, like, football, let alone in life because, you know, most human beings are selfish in your own way, even though you may not may not know it. And just like seeing how many selfless guys and willing to put it all on the line for one another, it just it inspires you. And it definitely that's part of part of what sucks for me, just knowing each and every guy, like how we all, you know, roll together, do do whatever for each other, and to like just let ourselves down like that, it sucks. So that's definitely a part of the emotions that you know you feel in a sense, but. At the end of the day, it's life, and how are you going to respond um, when you get, uh, you know, hit in the mouth in a sense? Uh, get hit in the mouth, how are you going to respond? You know, everyone has a plan, but the plan didn't go uh, as it should have for us, but hats off to those guys for uh, getting the job done at the end of the day. Very proud of my team. You know, uh, new system, um, offensive coordinator, uh, different things, you know, different things we've seen, motion, stuff like that. Uh, Adversity at the beginning of the season, you know, we wasn't playing well. People don't know what the Ravens' offense or defense is going to look like. And we made it all the way to this point, you know, uh, a goal short. We made it here, but we just got to finish next time. But I'm very proud of my team, all phases. 
Some sound bites there from John Harbaugh, Roquan Smith, and Lamar Jackson a short while ago at the post-game podium, Sarah, underneath Emmett T. Bank Stadium, where tonight the Ravens unfortunately fell short of a team that is heading to compete for a Lombardi Trophy yet again, a fourth time in five years for the Kansas City Chiefs, who come into Baltimore on the road and take care of the Ravens 17-10. to 17 to 10 was the final. <laughs> Certainly not something that we had even come remotely close to predicting. Uh, and this one that it had a lot of twists and turns to it. We're going to get into all that more coming up in tonight's live stream, which is brought to you by our friends at Pristine Auction. But you and I have already vowed before we came on, we are not going to let this loss uh, or this ultimate outcome of the season dictate our moods. We're going to do what we always do. <laughs> Right. And, and hopefully provide um, those who need therapy over the next hour are going to get that. Um, yep. and hopefully some analysis along the way as well. It's funny, Bobby. I feel like I've already provided therapy. Even my six year old daughter's like in the dumps right now. And I'm like, listen, it's going to be it's going to be OK. But while there will be therapy, we're also going to tell the truth. Bobby, the offense didn't show up. It did not show up. And yeah. quite frankly, nobody escapes blame. Nobody. And so when your offense just completely. I mean, it just wasn't even – we've seen the offense since the bye week, just week after week after week put up 30-plus points. And then you come in here and put up, I mean, 10, but it was really 7. And on the one 7 that you had, it was on complete heroics, right? It was not because it was – it wasn't from the way it was designed, right? So when the offense doesn't show up the way it does and nobody escapes blame, who do you start with? You start at the top of the offensive coordinator – Todd Munkin, has, we've, we've praised him all season long. He came in here. He was able to marry a passing game with a running game. And then today, it was a divorce. He divorced the running game. Just completely forgot about it. And John Harbaugh was nice about it when he was asked. And Lamar Jackson was nice about it when they – I mean, they're not going to throw their offensive coordinator under the bus minutes after the off um, AFC championship game. But that run game was abandoned from the jump. It's not because, you know, the game was always within a couple of scores. I mean, it's, I mean, it was he wasn't doing it from the beginning. So it starts with Todd. You got to move on to the quarterback. While jo Lamar Jackson had very, a couple of heroic plays, but he was also off. I felt like he was off on a couple of those deep balls. He was reluctant to run, which he's been reluctant all year. And so... Uh, you can't totally hate it, but it would have been – there's a couple times that I'm like, just run. And then, obviously, the interception, we'll get into – I know he explained that. We'll get into that. And anyway, it just goes on and on and on, Bobby. The offensive line, say Flowers, youthful and experienced. The defense in the beginning, but then they clamp down. Anyway, we'll get into all of that. But the, but to me, the takeaway is the offense just – yeah, Todd Munkin divorced what he had put together in the marriage. There was no run game. There was no rhythm nothing was going for the offense the entire time. And when you only give up 17 points to Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and company, you can't be mad at the defense too much outside of what happened in the beginning. Gosh, no. And and if you would have told me that they would have held him to 17 points 24 hours ago, I would have said that's a recipe for a win mm -hmm. with the way that this team is playing. But but not to your point when you uh, – kind of the analogy, I don't like the analogy, but I think it fits. It was a divorce. They They abandoned their calling card. 81 total rushing yards with just six carries on 23 yards for Gus and Justice combined. Miffing, miffed, absolutely miffed is what I was. And, and all th and that's what we're kind of telling ourselves at the end of the half, 
right? Okay, okay, let's, let's see if they make adjustments the way they did to the Blitz a week ago in Houston, and let's see if they can kind of right this wrong. And it never happened. And what's interesting about it, Bobby, is when John Harbaugh came back at halftime and he was interviewed by Evan Washburn, our friend, friend of the show, who's been on the show before, he said, we're going to try to get the run game going. Yeah. But then I felt like they gave up again. They did. They came out, and the very first play, they ran it to Gus Edwards. And then Gus got got hit, and he got hit hard in the backfield. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, okay, well, we're abandoning it again. I just didn't understand that. Jonah Schaefer has the stat up here. Uh, Ravens were. They were number one in the league coming out of the season, which is not a surprise. They've been number one really since Lamar's been in Baltimore. Uh, I believe they averaged 156.5 yards per game. As Jonas points out here, 11 total carries. Okay, we're, that's taking out scrambles. There was a little bit more running if you count some of the scrambles. Uh, and and just last week, how many rushing yards did the Kansas City Chiefs give up to the Bills? I think it was over 180. Yep. And so between Monk and abandoning it, and then the few times that I just felt like Lamar just run, uh, which again, I, it's hard to like criticize that too much because he's been reluctant all year. And that's the only way, like Steve Young said, right? You have to be reluctant, reluctant in order to establish that passing game. But there, but he even said in there, there's got to be moments where, okay, you do take off. And to me, the AFC championship game was the time to do it. Sarah, Kansas city, as we've seen throughout this run, you know, this, this historic run typically plays mistake free football. That's something that Lamar pointed out when when asked post-game just a short mm. while ago what it was about the, his observations from what the Chiefs do and did tonight in order to get to yet another Super Bowl, and that's what he, he pointed out. Mistake-free mistake football, that was not the case for the Ravens. Three turnovers, two of which were deep, deep in, in the opponent's territory, right, to the point where – Literally, Literally at the goal, goal line, line, at the one yeah. with Zay Flowers. And, oh, my gosh. I mean, you, you think about what he's become, uh, what what he, his rookie year was, which, in gosh, when he, when he doesn't matter what way you look at it, it was a success. Uh, there, there were parts of tonight where I, I would imagine he's going to be thinking about for a very long time. Um, a taunting penalty, which, you know, you can argue all you want about how many there should have been or could have been on Kansas City, particularly – with sort of the baiting game that Travis Kelsey chose to play today, uh, which was effective, by the way. And I think that leads us down a different road of, I, I was, I am stunned. I, I'm still stunned to see how undisciplined this Ravens team was tonight. Not the entire team, but there were specific moments, all of which, for the most part, had to do with Travis, Travis Kelsey. Of course, you could call Zay's taunting penalty undisciplined, right? Um but I'm thinking about Kyle Van Noy kind of mixing it up with, even though he was just retaliating, right? He was the instigator. It was Travis who was the instigator. Roquan was in on that as well. You saw Kelsey throughout parts of the game embracing this villain role, baiting guys, talking to guys. PQ was in on it. But it just it just felt like they were really on the on the on the wrong end of that. Meaning they were the ones being inter in um not interrogated but antagonized. And they were responding to it. Right. I And I felt like, listen, that's all part of the game within the game. You know what I mean? And so it's like, and it started pregame. We saw it. We saw yes, it, it between. Did. Let's play uh, that. Just, Justin for the, just for those who haven't seen this yet, this is what happened pregame before there was even a snap plate. 
So for the audio-only audience, it's it's Justin Tucker warming up in the opponent's side of, of the field, and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes come out. They see it, and, and Kelsey just starts chucking all of Justin's equipment off to the side. So, right. And and and, and Arthur Mollett was in it with guys. He actually he, threw a punch. He threw a punch pregame. So yeah. there was a lot of extracurriculars going on before this one even jumped. Yeah, so so, but back to like the point of of Travis Kelsey. There's kind of two layers to this that I want to get to. The first layer is this idea of smartly getting under your opponent's skin. Okay, and when you're experienced and you've been in this position six times as Travis Kelsey and Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs have been, you know where the line is, right? So you go into it knowing I know how to get under people's skin in just the right way to get them, but not get the refs, which only gets under your skin more, Mm -hmm. right? And so there was that element where I actually want to give credit to the Chiefs because I felt like in the latter years, Ray and Ed and all that, like they knew how to do that, right? They knew how to do that. And so you almost want to like respect the game. So there's that layer of it. But yet there's another layer where where the refs really were one-sided that has nothing to do about this game that I'm talking about, the game within the game where you're experienced and you're able to get under your opponent's skin. Because there were actually plenty of calls that they called on the Ravens that hurt the Ravens that I was like, uh, you know, you look at it and it's like, yeah, that's kind of the rule. But the problem was, right, so they call Zay on the taunting, which is correct, but they yep. wouldn't call it on Kelsey. Or they didn't call when Isaiah Likely gets tackled, right? When the Ravens absolutely need to uh, convert the first down and instead they had to go for the f- I mean, he was tackled right there, plain as day, easy to see, and they didn't call it. Yeah, and then right Lamar here. Jackson, yeah, here it is right here. And even Gene Steratore is up in the booth Gene, saying you've, you've yeah. got a lot of significant contact there. Even so, Gene, and look, yeah. as we, I just want to put a disclaimer as we say this, I'm blaming this game on the refs oh no no you know we're both not doing that yeah yeah the offense the the offense i mean there's a phrase that's coming to my head but i don't like to be that that crude but the offense didn't show up okay so i just want to put that out there but at the same time this kind of stuff are you kidding me it's still 17 10 or 17 uh 7 and there's still a chance despite your three turnovers and you just hate to see this stuff not only was it this one, but you could even argue that it was a PI. Lamar thought it was a PI when he was he got intercepted uh, in the back of the end zone, and so it was kind of both elements that the Ravens let the Chiefs get under their skin, yes. and both things are true. And the refs were 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 not calling the calls that were in favor of the Ravens. So, the, so it just it did. It felt like an undisciplined game where the Ravens wanted to, like the defense wanted to bully their offense, and Travis Kelsey just got it, gave it right back and actually ended up getting under their skin. Yeah, it's that classic, like, you hate to say it, but the the bully kind of got out-bullied from the jump. Mm-hmm. Like, from the jump, whether it was in the trenches, whether it was the game within the game, like we're, we're referring to right now. And yet, you said something a second ago that it's making me think. This game was never once out of reach. 
Not Never once, but yet once. But you're, yet you're it, watching it, it play the out. Feel of the offense not scoring, <laughs> but points wise, it never was. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All these nuances that we're discussing made it feel like, especially in the opening half, like it was a three possession game at all right. times. Yet it never was. Something that we just kind of got off on a we, we got it off on a tangent with the undisciplined thing where I took us down. The three turnovers. That's you, what you I have to play. About. Yeah, you have to play mistake free football, and when those mistakes happen but then happen in moments that are essentially must haves and also deepen deepen your opponent's territory it just magnifies that one this wasn't the bigger of the two but this was one a, a tough tough decision made by Lamar Jackson to throw to Isaiah likely in triple coverage which resulted in an interception but really the one that we really got to discuss because this had a major major impact in the game and and resulted in this unfortunately Zay out of frustration after that fumble at the one literally at the goal line uh cut his hand open slamming the bench in frustration this was uh, a rookie moment if you will unfortunately it was there were a couple that we've already cited on that same exact drive for Zay uh, including the the taunting which is unfortunate because it does overshadow what he had been doing up to that point. And that was quite frankly, outside of a few catches from Mark Andrews and that big, that big catch and conversion yards after the catch for Nelson, the Ravens receivers were relatively non-existent, a great fourth down conversion for OBJ. But other than that, there was a combination of not a ton of separation being had and some tough decisions from Lamar in, in the pocket. Um, okay. So there's a few things I want to say on Zay. Um, let me first do the analysis of his game. And then I want to say what that means about him and, and kind of going forward. I want to make sure I say this right. So right here, he's diving. Obviously in retrospect, as many people on Twitter were saying, why did he dive? He already had the first down. Like there wasn't a need to kind of extend or whatever. Here's the thing. I didn't like the taunting on Zay, although I wish they called it on Kelsey too. That to me was a rookie mistake. Him going over, hitting the bench, right. getting a cut on his hand. I don't like that. That's a rookie mistake. This play right here, I can't get mad at, Bobby. I just can't. He's got two hands on the ball. He's trying to make, he's trying to make a play. He scored the one touchdown before, got under that ball. I didn't know if he was going to make it. He got under that ball when Lamar threw it up for him in the first quarter. Zay to me, OBJ, about 50 minutes in, had his first catch. And I loved what he was as, as, as like a support. But to be honest with you, Zay was the only wide receiver that showed up from the jump. Yes. Okay, this guy came to play. He has two balls, two hands on this ball. He's trying to make a play, and Sneed made a better, better play. You got a hat tip, Sneed, and you get you get around this rookie right here. We got to get around him right here. Bateman didn't come to play. I didn't feel like Aguilar had the one big play. He also had a drop. But it was like Zay came to play, and I can live with him going over there and getting a cut on his hand. He'll know next time not to do that. I'll live with the taunting penalty because he got back up and he made plays again, even though he ended up fumbling. I'm getting behind Zay. This right here, sure, in retrospect, okay, don't dive. Just get the first down, live for another day. But when a guy's trying to make a play, I'm not burying him because he was the wide receiver that showed up, and Lamar went to him time and time again, and he showed up time and time again. This is a rookie? This is a rookie? Oh, he's cut. you better believe this man who has been through way worse than this in his life, in his life, and he comes around smiling and is a joy to be around? 
I'm getting behind this guy, and he's going to bounce back, and he's going to bounce back in a big way. He'll be back. He will absolutely be back. Mark Andrews returned, and he was back for the first time since the hip drop tackle that we thought ended his season back in November. Mark finishes for uh, with two receptions for 15 yards. He was targeted twice and a long of nine there uh, of, of those 15 yards. He did not start the game. Isaiah likely started the game. Quiet night for Isaiah, Sarah. Two receptions for 16 yards. And, and again, this is just another another piece to the puzzle of, of one that was never connected. Uh, the, the, the offensive puzzle tonight was never connected, was never complete. Whether it was the rushing attack, whether it was the pass attack outside of Zay Flowers, whether it was Lamar being in rhythm, you know, for for um, extended periods of time, none of those three things happened, and that's that's how you're going to end up with ten total points. Ten total points is not going to win you a playoff game in most outings, and it's certainly not going to do enough to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, and so um, it, it's it's unfortunate, you know, that they abandoned the running game. Outside of Zay, there is no passing attack for the most part. Bateman gets one target, one catch for two yards. Um, and it's just, it's just not, it's just not good enough. And, you know, the investments that they made, it's, it's tough pill to swallow, right? Cause they made so Very. many investments uh, in, along these lines so that situations like these wouldn't come up. And yet, yes, they made it to where they hadn't been yet in the Lamar era, but it's a similar outcome in the terms of the feel of what happened here or what didn't happen that needed to happen offensively. It's it's just crazy because it, it to, just getting back to the turnovers. I mean that is the backbreaker. Uh, look, Chiefs had 319 total yards. Now at some point in the fourth quarter, it's not like they're really trying to like right. You're just protecting a lead at this point. Your defense is playing so well, and the Ravens aren't doing anything on offense, so there was no need for them to take big chances. But yeah, 319 net yards for the Chiefs, 336 for the Ravens. Right, like it, it like. It doesn't matter about the yards if you're going to turn the ball over three times. Yeah. And each turnover, I mean, we already talked about abandoning the game, but then it's like, or abandoning the run game, but then it's like, my goodness, I mean. You want to know another stat you, that's you got, extremely you got, glaring? Ronnie, and each one was somebody else's fault, right? Ronnie Stanley get, gets beat and gives Oof. a sack strip to, to Lamar. Yeah. Now to the, now the defense stopped him. That's crazy. The defense stopped him four downs and didn't give any up any points. So that's why it was still close. And then Zay at the one-yard line. Ugh. And then Lamar into triple coverage. Lamar, I don't know if you have the clip, but Lamar said that he saw Tampa 2. He felt like the two guys were trailing Isaiah Likely. He thought he'd put it – he didn't want to throw it over him so it would go out the end zone, so he'd try to make a play. He thought it was a P.I., but even if I, – I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't Lamar's best decision, right, of the year, throwing it into triple coverage right there. Why was Isaiah calling for it? <laughs> Why was I – Isaiah felt like he had it. I I don't know. I would. I really want to hear Isaiah's thoughts on it too. But like each one of the turn and like you said, I mean, in the end zone, one at the one yard line. It's just like Lamar it's said it over. Yes, Lamar said it over and over and over and over in his in the post game. He's like all year long. When we get to the red zone, it's basically automatic. Yeah, we get into the end zone, and then he's like. Then, you know, we have we have the turnovers. He's like, our job is to score points, and we didn't do it. They out they had more yards, more total yards, net yards than than the Chiefs, even despite not like abandoning, even despite running abandoning the run. And it's like, how how do you 
how do you overcome three turnovers when it's Mahomes and Kelsey on the other side? And Bobby, it always you comes don't. down to, and yeah. these you don't, and when it, and it's in these big games, it's your superstars that make the difference. Mahomes and Kelsey did that in the first quarter, basically, and then never made any mistakes going on. The Ravens didn't do it in the first quarter, so then they had to play from behind, and then they made mistake after mistake. Travis Kelsey, by the way, finishes with a game-high 11 receptions for 116 yards. Like you said, a lot of his work was done in the first half when the Ravens, quite frankly, had had no answer. He passed Jerry Rice, by the way, for most postseason receptions, and now, again, the Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl-bound. One one statistic that is just as backbreaking as all these little finer details that we're talking about is that the Ravens were seven of 23 on third down combined in the playoffs this year, these last couple weeks mm. tonight on third down. As I do this live, it, they were, Oh my gosh, Sarah, they were three for 11 on third down tonight. Woof. Three for 11. So you add that on top of, of the three turnovers, two of which came, you know, deep in your opponent's territory, one which came right on the on the goal line. I, not many teams are going to be able to overcome that, and and the Ravens couldn't tonight. No, they could not. And uh, I, I thought it was like really a moment that they caught on cameras afterwards. Obviously, Zay was very upset with himself. Very upset. Kind of looked like he was, you know, crying in there on the sideline. And uh, OBJ was there to kind of like console him. And, yeah. um, and same thing with Lamar. Same, yeah, yeah. And Lamar said, you know, Lamar said it afterwards. He's like, I'm not frustrated, but I'm angry. And, um, and, and here's the reality of the situation, Bobby. Um, the, the Lamar haters and the Raven, Ravens haters are going to, are going to be back in full force. It's already begun. Right. And, um, you know, it, Lamar said it today. He's like, hey, it was the first time. Zay was here, so I'm not too worried about him. It was the first time I've been here. And he's like, we just got to work and come back and, and come back better and actually put up points and finish next time. And and it's going to have a similar feeling, even if the Ravens are – it was almost like nobody was quite enjoying each regular season game because they knew it all came down to what we are – what we do today, yeah. right? It was all about this. And so we're probably going to have another year of that. It's There's no doubt in my mind – that the Ravens a year from now are going to be a playoff team again, right? There's obviously going to be some guys that are gone. There's going to be a pl- huge foundation that's already here. And with the foundation that you have with Lamar and Roquan and Zay and Linderbaum and Hamilton, and uh, you know, you can go on and on and on. They're going to have holes to fill for sure. OBJ, I, I, we'll, we'll get to his answer. I, I, I personally doubt he'll be back, but that's the thing is this is the year that we're going to have to go through and it's going to have to be okay. You're going to have, it's going to have to be, you can't, you can't let yourself get angry about it. It's just going to be the year where you're short for that. The AFC championship game, all the haters are going to come back out and, and that's just the reality of it. And that's what it's going to be. And you're just going to have to take it a day at a time. But what did, what did OBJ say about being back? Well, he just, he just sort of joked that he doesn't know the political answer. Jonah Schaefer's tweet here to a question about whether he wants to remain a Raven. And, and, he, and he did say that he absolutely loves this place and I've enjoyed every single moment. So we'll, we'll have those conversations down the line. But speaking of down the line, Lamar was asked to look a little, a little forward in his post-game press conference, and that's how this sounded. Well, I'm not frustrated at all. Um, I'm, I'm angry about you know losing. Uh, we're a game away from the Super Bowl. Uh, we've been waiting all this time, all these moments for an opportunity like this, and we fell short. Um, but, but I feel like our team will 
we gonna we gonna build. You know, this all season gonna get get right, um, get better, grind, and try to be in this position again. But on the other side, a victory. Kind of summarizing what you just sort of transcribed there, but uh, I'm I'm sure it stings. And in order for it to maybe not sting as much, why don't we do this? Why don't we? Why don't we do a little live bidding here? Thanks to our friends at, at Pristine Auction. <laughs> before we continue the conversation, because we do have to talk about. I the do want to talk about. I do want to talk about that quote, but we'll do it on the other side for sure. Yeah, we do yeah. have to talk about the defensive side of the football. But as you heard in the open, tonight's live stream is brought to you by our friends at Pristine Auction, and they want you to explore the thrill of authentic autographed sports memorabilia. Every piece tells a story. Every bid brings you closer to the excitement of your favorite sports moments. If you use code Vault. And use the link that you have, we have included for you in the description of this video below. You'll get $10 off your first winning bid. So we're going to go ahead and do a live bid here just to kind of get a smile on your face. All right. So we've got <laughs> we got, we got a couple hundred bucks to play around with. So I was looking earlier, Sarah. They got a Lamar Jackson signed jersey. So I'm thinking we, we, we got to go do that. Yeah, we got to get I'm Lamar. I'm thinking we do this. And let's just do it right now. Because here's the best part by the way, as everybody looks at my email. Um, <laughs> so the best part about this is, is that if we win this bid, we're going to do a giveaway. Yeah. We're, we're going to do a giveaway. So the minimum is 315. We've got 400 to play with here. Between so you let's, and I. Let's put the, let's put it just the minimum, right? Should we? And then last minute we'll see. Yeah. Cause if you put 400, then somebody's going right. to come last minute. And just up right. it, right? Last second. All right. We'll do that then. And we'll see what we can do. All right. This is a live bidding right so now wait, on Pristine how, Auction. How do we do the giveaway just so people know? We will have information on that in the near future. Okay. But right. you guys know that we're going to have, if we do this, if we win this bid, if our bid wins, you're going to have a Lamar Jackson signed jersey up at up for up for grabs. So we'll, more on that in just a bit. Again, use code vault at pristineauction.com. That link is included in the show notes below and you get $10 off your first win. Some some solid memorabilia up there as well. It's not just the Lamar jersey. I saw some OBJ some signed stuff up there, Zay Flowers, a few other things. So let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. Real, real um, quick, real quick. I just want to say yeah. one thing about the the uh, the soundbite you just had on Lamar. I was there at the Chargers game when he was a rookie in the in the playoffs when the Ravens lost. Yeah. And I was and I went down to the post game presser and I was sitting maybe 15 feet away from Lamar as he was talking. Mm -hmm. And that was a young man. That was a young man. And the way I just saw him there and how mature he was right there. Yeah. Uh several years later leading his team now him saying now him having his wide receivers back who's now a rookie you know what i mean and yeah. like not letting people put heat, heat on him and for him to know like no we're not frustrated we're angry and they're going to let the anger drive them but not to let you get frustrated because frustration leads to nothing good nothing good you just you just go out and when you're frustrated things just get worse and snowball uh, so you got to be angry. You got to let it, you got to let the sting linger there. Let it be the chip, but he is just a much more mature man, obviously than he was that many years ago. And you know, uh, other people are going to be, um, especially his haters are going to be all over him. And, and I, I have no problem riding with this man. We're about to have a two time NFL MVP. He's getting closer every single time, right? First time out wild card. 
and he makes it divisional a couple times, and now he's AFC championship. This man's coming. He's coming. It's just a matter of time, and I am not, I am not uh, giving up on him whatsoever. That's growth. You know, those observations yeah. are, are growth. It just shows it's a testament to his growth and leadership quality. So we know he'll be back. Roquan will be back. And speaking of Roe, he became the first Ravens player with 10 tackles and a half in a playoff game in franchise history. He was all over the field. Uh, he finished with 16 total, five of which were solo, and a quarterback hit. The guy was all over the field, as you'd expect. Patrick Queen alongside him goes for eight total tackles, seven of which were solo. So let's begin with the man who, in a lot of people's estimations, has become one of the top safeties quickly in a just a two-year span, and that is Kyle Hamilton. And Ryan Mink did a good job here of of outlining four straight just incredible plays on a drive where he stopped Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco, by the way. Pacheco finishes with, uh, let's see what he finished with, 24 carries for 68 yards, a touchdown, and just a, an average of 2.8. So they kind of kept him in check terms of where his average was but after that so he stops Pacheco short on fourth down which is not easy to do with the way he's built and the way he runs then he runs deep with Rasheed Rice on an ink and, and, and it's an incomplete pass then he stuffs a quick wide receiver screen which Kansas City have been having a lot of success on and then literally bolts <laughs> shoots a gap quickly and, and knifes through they didn't really have anything to knife through but he gets a clear shot of Patrick Mahomes and shows off that incredible straight line speed that he has for his height and for his his overall size, which resulted in a, in a third down incompletion. So another you know, good good individual stuff here on one specific drive, but he had it going yep. all game long as usual. That actually spans two drives because that was the the drive before this this set of four plays is when I feel like the Ravens defense was able to turn it around. Because yeah. that first one that Ryan's talking about where he stops Pacheco short on fourth down, that was after the strip sack deep yeah. in the Ravens' own territory. And so the Chiefs just felt like, well, we're moving the ball at will on third and fourth down, so let's just try this again. And it was Hamilton who got through, and then Travis Jones helped him kind of finish the job. That was the moment because they the, the, the Chiefs are up 14-7 to seven at that point. And then that strip sack happened deep in their own Ravens territory. The Chiefs score right there, and it's like 21-7, right? I mean, it's just like, I mean, heavy, heavy hemorrhaging, okay? So so there was that, and then for them to come back out and get a three and out where, as you outlined, Hamilton was on every single play, and it's in different positions of the field. This was the moment when the defense yeah. started to turn things around. And Bobby, that's what that's the moment the offense needed. It was like, I, I already said it earlier, when you have when you're at a game like this in an AFC championship game and you have two heavyweight teams, it's your superstars that are gonna make the difference. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hamilton in his second year is already a superstar. And let me tell you something. One of the reasons why this Chiefs even got up 14-0, remember, Kelsey made a phenomenal catch in the end zone. I mean, just unreal because Hamilton was plastered all over him. So Kelsey got his, but then Hamilton got his right back and then more. And so it's like, that's what you got to do. Your superstars have to make plays for you. Hamilton led it in his second year on defense. Nobody led it on offense. It was close. Lamar started to lead it on offense when he hit Zay. Zay started to lead it. But then it was the superstars on offense that ended up with those turnovers that it it just didn't come through. And so it's like, that's why you can't give up on this team. You still have superstars who can do this. It's just a matter of getting it done in these moments. Hamilton delivered. By the way, uh, that that touchdown that you referenced there to to Kelsey in the, the opening quarter, that was only the second that Kyle had allowed in coverage this season according to next-gen stats. So, <laughs> I mean, and it comes against one of the game's all-time greats. Right. Maybe even when it's all said and done, the greatest tight right. end to ever play the game statistically. So, Well, he has the most He has the most postseason touchdowns, I believe. And, recept- and rece- well, yeah, tonight he passed Jimmy. Um, Jimmy. Ray Jerry Rice. Rice. Or not Ray Rice, Jerry Rice. Jerry. We went to combine Jerry. The, the, both the names, Jerry Rice. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry, he passed Jerry Rice for most postseason receptions. I'm sure he's got touchdowns too. I mean, the guy's, the guy's unbelievable. And for him to have been written off by some this year, um, you know, in a, in a sense, you know, we've talked about a lot about the things that the Ravens didn't do tonight, right? I, I tweeted this out. I don't know how you feel about it. I know a lot of people were, were not happy with it, but you know, in a sense, you got to you got to tip your cap to to a team that was, you know, for four quarters. Sure, there were things that the, the, there were self inflicted wounds that the Ravens plagued themselves with, right? And and the officials certainly didn't help in in, in a certain capacity. But you know, the, the Chiefs did enough. They did enough to win. The Ravens had their chances, and and Kansas City yet is marching on. I mean, it was a by the way, just a masterful performance by Steve Spagnuolo. I mean, John Harbaugh puts on. Uh, He's he said it all week long. How much respect he has for his former assistant. I'm kind of surprised that that Spags hasn't been in the in the head coaching conversation. And along those lines, a tweet that actually just came out a short while ago about Mike McDonald. This is interesting. Seattle wants him. Seattle wants Sounds him, but like that's it. not it. Oh, that's not it. So 32 minutes ago, Adam Schefter tweeting that Mike is scheduled to meet Monday night with Commander's owner Josh Harris 
general manager Adam Peters, and other Washington leadership. Well, so now not that only. Oh, but but the, re, the I understand why that news probably came first because I know that Seattle does want him. Remember, the even if the Ravens had won today, the Commanders were allowed to have an interview with them based off of the rules because they sure. had already given him a first interview. Seattle didn't get to him in time, so Seattle was going to have to wait. So Commanders were allowed to already have that on the book. Seattle wasn't. I'm sure Seattle's going to be calling. There you go. There yeah. you go. So, so that that optimism that I expressed earlier in the week, looking looking a little, it's waning a little bit right now about the staff being intact um, for fall 2024. But but it, yet yet again, right? Even though it's a loss, in my mind, Mike's resume actually probably went up even more. Look, looks even more attractive yeah, after yeah. tonight. It's a so, loss for the Ravens, but it's a win for Mike in terms of what his defense did and, and specifically the way they adjusted. To go ahead and 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 out adjust Andy Reid, yeah, that's gonna look good on your resume. And by the way, Bobby, you you mentioned Steve Spagnola, who really did have have called the great game. It's funny because before the game, there was obviously all the um, talk about uh, Taylor Lewin talking about the formula to beat Lamar, right? And um, uh. Tyreek Hill said it best. He's like, well, there's, there's a best formula for every quarterback, right? There's a best formula. But the one that Taylor talked about is not the one that Steve Smagnola used, right? No. And so that's and so if there is a formula, right? Because there's obviously there's a the best formula, or or a defense, a defensive coordinator has to come up with a formula, right? Like they have to come up with a game plan. So so the formula wasn't working for Mike McDonald early. I felt like he was playing in zone. And, and I we, we heard the broadcast say, you can't do that with Mahomes. Like, you got to blitz and then play man. That's what Mike McDonald ended up doing, and it was it worked much better. So Steve Spagnola blitzed like crazy, like crazy, which is the opposite of what people keep saying that you do with Lamar, which is exactly what McDonald did against um, Mahomes eventually, right? He started blitzing more. Like the four-man rush wasn't getting through, and he was just having time and picking them apart. So then they started blitzing more and doing man. So now, that's not to say that Lamar can't beat the blitz. Tonight, they got the, the better of him. I also felt like the offensive line, who we haven't talked about enough, I felt like they got completely bullied, especially in the first half. And so they had to come in and bring in extra protection. And so anyway, I'm just getting back to the point that it was like the way they attacked Lamar is the way Mike McDonald eventually started attacking uh, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they they blitzed more uh, than the Ravens did, but but the Ravens ended up blitzing more often. And so, uh, just wanted to put that out there. If if there's a formula, right? Which there's no formula that's going to work 100% of the time. Uh, but if there's a formula, it, it seems like you have to attack him similar to the way that Mahomes ended up needing to be attacked. At a f- over 50% clip in the first half, the Chiefs blitz blitz Lamar over 50%. It, it, yeah. So it was a page out of D'Amico's book from a week ago. In yeah, a sense. and, and Lamar ended up beating that, and and Lamar was getting closer, but it, but it was like like they were moving the ball. We talked about it. The Ravens outgained the Chiefs yards wise. It was the turnovers and abandoning the run game. Mm-hmm. There was one statistic that I made note of before we came on. This was in the first half where I was thinking to myself, "Gosh, this, this talk about trying to overcome things you know, against the odds or whatever it is." When I saw this, 
So NFL Research had the Ravens. This was in the first half. The Ravens are 0-23 when trailing by 10-plus points at halftime mm. since 2013. Every other team in the NFL has at least one comeback win after trailing by double digits at half throughout that span. It's now 0-24. That is a heck of a trend. Not one that you want to see. 0-24 when trailing by 10-plus points at halftime since 2013 are the Baltimore Ravens. Now, listen, I don't know. That's, that's a bad trend. I don't know what other teams – um, stats are like, I don't, I would like to know where that ranks, right? Like what's, what's, what's normal, like being down by 10 plus points at halftime. That's not something where you're going to see somebody be like, you know, 12 and 12, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's not, yeah. it's not usual 10 down 10 at half is, is hard to overcome for anybody. But that said, that's mm -hmm. rough. I mean, one of the reasons why the Ravens in 2012 were able to go to the Super Bowl is they overcame two 14 point deficits, I believe in new England. And so, uh, you, you got to, you've got to, And, and so that spans beyond coordinators that spans beyond quarterbacks. That's a John Harbaugh has got to fix that. Cause he's the only thing that's like been the constant, like what can, what can you do? What can you put together with a team to make sure that you have more explosion, explosive plays and more explosion in order to overcome those deficits. But again, I don't know what that, what a normal team would, would do in that situation, but it's gotta be better than Owen 23. I, I really can't seem to, to shrug off the, um, this almost, yes, they abandoned the run, right? Todd Munkin abandoned the run. We know this, but from an ML, from an MO standpoint, the Ravens abandoned their juice. Like they abandoned their philosophy of how they play the game today. From the from, jump. From, from, from the jump. <laughs> and, and to see the way that they folded in different areas, whether it was the Travis Kelsey baiting and, and the villain role that he was playing or abandoning the run just straight up or – just not having that same ferociousness, not everybody. We are, we've already labeled Kyle Hamilton as one of the best players on the field today, deservingly so. Right? It was all over the place. But not having that collective grit, that collective unity where everybody was on the same page. Instead, you just saw this undisciplined approach. And, and you wonder how much of it was pregame related. I, I, I am so, like, I really am stunned. I'm stunned that the Ravens lost a game that that contributed to a loss. Right. Because, because it's like turnovers. It's like, you always know, okay. Yeah. If there's a turnover, you're not going to win. Da, 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 da. And like the way it all happened was crazy. But from a game plan, Bobby, the Ravens running backs had a total of six carries. Gus Edwards had three and justice Hill had three. What are we doing here? Then, then, like, it starts to be, like, propped up to seem like – I mean, we already know that there wasn't a lot of running, but then it even seems like it was more than it actually was because you add in Zay. Zay got two carries. And then Lamar had eight rushes, but I, I think five of those were, like, scrambles. And so it's like, why, why are you taking your running backs out of the game? Three for each of these guys. And by the way, one of the reasons why the Ravens were able to set up their first touchdown beyond just like the craziness of what Lamar and Zay pulled off was Lamar converted up the gut on a fourth and one run. And then Gus Edwards converted up the gut. Yeah. Uh, and so it was like, 
why 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 weren't we like pounding it up the the gut more I, I you're right i'm still stunned by that i'm still stunned by it and here's the thing i don't know when we're going to get an answer for todd munkin because lamar and john aren't going to throw him under the bus at all no. todd i think would like give an actual answer but it's not set up to be able to talk to the coordinators. The coordinators don't speak after games. They usually speak on the Thursday after the game, but they're going to have a Monday locker room leave, and then that's it. So we're not going to get answers from Todd Munkin unless he no. just says, hey, I'll go talk to somebody. But there's nothing set up for him to talk to anybody. I'm not sure if there even was whether or not anything that we hear it would be satisfactory. Now, what can you possibly say? Well, Dalvin could, Cook doesn't even get into the game, by the way. I would just like to know if he if he feels like the game – If I would just like to know if – it's kind of like when um, uh, Kika got caught up with him after the game, so maybe he'll do it again. And then Mon Monkin came up to him that, the, you know, he's he's a oh, popular trippy. fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tri trippy. Uh, is he going to be dropping his video of their post-game exchange? Let's get on his Twitter feed here because yeah. – Todd Munkin, the only time we really got a reaction is because he went over and talked to him and, and he got it on yeah. video. And he's like, man, I'm just glad it's a 60-minute game rather than a 30-minute game, showing that it was like I wasn't doing well in 30 minutes, you know? And so Todd's always been straight up. And to me, I would feel better if, if, he, if he at least recognized it, you know, and maybe he does. I don't know. Or maybe he would think, no, that's the way the game went. I, I don't know. I would like to know personally. Yeah. There, there is the, there's the rushing attack, and, and I, believe me, I'm, I'm dumbfounded by that. And as they're saying that. in the comments, sorry to interrupt you, but then there's also yeah. Dalvin Cook. Well, like, Dalvin, yeah, he wasn't see the field, right? He didn't see he the didn't field. He didn't even see the – like, w why weren't we trying to run against the Chiefs? Anyway, go ahead. With, with running backs, go ahead. Well, I, look, as much as I'm dumbfounded about what we're talking about, the lack of running game, I really can't get over the M.O. I, I just – I'm, I'm so stunned – that the Ravens allowed themselves to become complacent in the discipline department. That's, that's a calling card for them. That's something they do. I, I just, that's, that's a part of their DNA, a John Harbaugh led team. I don't know. I've seen games where, I mean, yes, you're right. But I mean, I can remember back to like the lions game when Derek Mason and Bart Scott, like lost their minds. I can remember plenty of games where they've lost their, their dis, they've lost discipline. I'm talking about to in this, me, in this, to in this me, generation, the thing. I do feel like they lost. I feel like that was definitely part of the game that they lost their discipline. But I'm not, I'm not as dumbfounded by it as you are. Like to me, it's like when when somebody gets under your skin, it just snowballs. And I and I give more credit to the Chiefs doing that than it being like, oh, it's a John Harbaugh led team. Like I've seen them lose, get frustrated before. Sarah, at the end of the first half, okay, I'm like, they, they, I'm thinking about they have no chance to win this game. It's unraveling in front of them, defensively speaking. Like, they were just all over the place. And, and everybody seemed bothered by whether it was the Kelsey antics or anything else for that matter. It was such a bizarre end of the half that gave me zero confidence for what was, for what was to come in the second half. Now, they did get a stop. They did get a three and out right out of the half, which was crucial because the Chiefs had the first possession of the, of the second half. But I just you – know, Roquan has always said, and they seem to follow – you know, we talk with our pads, and they did a decent job of that in the second half. But, man, a tone was set in the beginning, and, and they really dug themselves a hole.
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, yes and no. I felt like, so when you're talking about the undisciplined, there's obviously the Zay Flowers taunting, which I felt like he overcame himself until he fumbled. Uh, and then on the defensive side, you get the Vanoy one, which I think was a weak call for sure. But that's why I give credit to the Chiefs because they egged him on. And, and then they got caught. Yep. Yeah, it was a retaliation. The uh, the one where uh, Clowney was called for uh, roughing the passer, like I don't think that was like undisciplined. Well, by definition, uh, yeah, it, by huh? definition, by definition, there's oh oh, I see what you're saying. You're arguing. But I'm saying it wasn't like this in the heat of the moment doing a dumb thing. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Sure, so that I don't. Wasn't... I guess what I'm saying is I'm not totally on the same page with of you as being as dumbfounded by by undisciplined. I mean, it was there. But I just feel well, like the Chiefs got under their skin early, the defense. But I feel like the defense eventually got things under control. But there were some soft calls that that went against them. I'm also referring to some of the stuff that didn't that didn't get called. Like, man, PQ probably could have gotten called a couple times between the whistles. The Van Noy was retaliation. He's got to know better, though. Roquan could have easily gotten called, by the way, for a personal foul on that little – again, this was all initiated by Travis. Anyway, it's, it's – there's no point in, in having the debate. It's all under the umbrella of uh, they weren't good enough in that category. And, and to me, it yeah. was um, it was just jarring. It was just jarring to see a John Harbaugh-led team on this stage uh, have that be <laughs> one of that. their have, – have, have that kind of um, – in a sense, it did become one of their – it became one of their weaknesses. So, anyway. But, oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> What else we got? We're we're gonna we're gonna disagree there. It's just funny your phrase, a John Harbaugh led team being undisciplined. They've been undisciplined before. They're they and and it wasn't well, even referring like undisciplined. To past years. They just got you're, under. They just got under their skin. You're referring to you're referring to, that that's on to me. That's a that's on that's undisciplined. You can't allow somebody to get under your skin in this moment. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I felt like. A, no, I don't even think – no, I don't think it was as bad as you're saying. I think the Vanoy one was was one where it was a little bit under the skin, but I thought it was a weak call. And then I don't think that Zay Flowers got under his skin when he was taunting. I think he let the moment get to him as a rookie. That was more of a moment thing. That was that was more of like a, a rookie mistake, like getting way too caught up in what you just did, right? That wasn't – it like – Sarah, what I, I'm referring know. to, a lot of this between the whistle stuff, what I'm referring to, a lot of it did not get called, right? It, they, they could have called a lot today. Let's be honest. Travis could have had five or six personal fouls, you know, or taunting or whatever you want to call it. But I'm talking about the stuff ha that happens immediately after a tackle. Jawing, physical stuff, instead of just getting up and going back to the line of scrimmage. Like, there was constant uh, junk being talked. And, and I know a lot of that happens. But it this just is, seemed like it was in response here's where to Travis. I'm not disagreeing on the game. I felt like they, they they obviously got under their skin. What's surprising to me is you're acting like you're acting like this is like never happened before with the Ravens under John Harbaugh. I guess that's the part. This team, this you're you're referring back to like Derek okay, Mason's so you, years. So I'm you talking mean about the 2023. Year. You mean the 2023 yes. Ravens? Okay, yes. got you. Yes, that I agree with. This because we hadn't seen that right, like we, yeah. we we've seen we've seen a mindset from hey we talk with our pads right he's always up to he's he's the first one up to PQ we because PQ likes to jaw right that's what we love about him he's always John look at what he did yeah. to Dalton Schultz the other day you know he, he's that kind of guy 
And yeah. I love that about him. But today I thought he crossed he crossed the line, and I think it was in response to Travis. They really seemed like they were bothered. They were no, I got Travis you. got under this team's skin. And and for that to happen in this moment, after we had seen it all year long, stunned. I was stunned. No, that's why so. I said I said we said it from the beginning, like when we first came on. I was like, the Chiefs. I feel like the Ray, the the mature Ray Lewis teams knew how to do that. They knew how to like bring it all the way up to a certain line and get somebody else to make the mistake. And today the chiefs were the more experienced team. They took it all up to a line and then it was the Ravens that took the bait. I agree with that in this game. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up. So, well, what a year. I mean, what a year. I mean, we'll have the conversations about, well, what 2023 is defined as, I don't, I don't know if now is the, the perfect time to do that. But, you know, ultimately in their eyes, I'm sure they feel like it, it, they, they fell short. And, and you wonder if you said something earlier that might, made me think, did they have enough fun? You know, did they have enough fun along the right. way? And I wonder if they go back to the drawing board, specifically with Lamar, since he kind of – it starts with him, right, in terms of the team's approach and whatnot. And you do wonder that, that – can you can you make a little bit more sure the 24-hour rule will never not exist after a win yeah. or loss i think it spans a little bit farther than than 24 hours after a afc championship loss you would think it lingers probably but but did they allow themselves to enjoy the ride and and you wonder if if that type of stuff gets gets altered mindset wise uh, as he trudges on and moves forward yeah i i mean i don't know i think it, it's all going to depend on the person like there were definitely moments where they enjoyed it right the dancing in the locker room and all of that and um and so yeah i feel like it was it was more like um you know act like you've been here before and i think that's that's okay because the ravens have been here before they've they've won you know under lamar jackson they've won the division before and they've won regular season games before now they've they're they've advanced the division around and now they've advanced the afc championship so nothing is really going to you know, feel good until the mission is complete. We all know what the mission is, but yeah, allowing yourself to enjoy it along the way. I know, I know I let myself enjoy it. I certainly did. Like though, every time there was a win, I think you guys saw me in here being hype. So, yeah. um, 24 hour rule is, yeah. Like you said, has always got to, has always got to be the same no matter what. And Lamar, Lamar, Lamar's not gonna, I don't think Lamar's gonna change. He's, he's locked in. He's not gonna be, I don't think you're yeah. ever gonna see Lamar dancing in the locker room. He's gonna be him. But, you know, coach allowed it. Harbs allowed it. The, the, some of the players were having fun. So there's got to be a balance there for sure. Allow it to fuel your fire. It's going to be a mm-hmm. long offseason. This, let, this, let the sting linger. Let it fuel you. This coaching staff and uh, personnel, as it typically does every single year, there will be turnover. As we mentioned a short while ago, Mike McDonald's getting looks with the two vacancies that are out there right now uh, in Washington and Seattle. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, a lot of key free agents. I definitely thought about that as soon as this one went final and I saw Patrick Queen speaking with reporters. Sure, it looks like there's a chance, you know, based on the, the economics side of things that he will be elsewhere next year. And uh, and that adds to the sting. You know, that adds to the, the, the sort of the somber state that it already is after a loss in, in this kind of gutting fashion when you're one win away from, from the ultimate goal. And uh, or getting to the ultimate goal. And so, yeah, it's going to look a lot different. We're going to be there with you um, throughout every step of the way, including so you're expecting Monday to be kind of locker room clean out. Is that is that sort of how it goes? That's usually how it rolls. Yeah, there's probably be a locker room clean yeah. out. And so we'll just have to be on on uh, 
alert there. And then mm-hmm. you and I still have tickets to go to Vegas. <laughs> so we're going to be yeah. there ready to row. And I guarantee there's going to be Ravens out there, especially with NFL honors. You know that Roquan's going to be out there as a um, finalist for um, Walter Payton Man of the Year. Lamar will yeah. probably be will, will probably be out there as the MVP award will be announced um i believe the friday before the super bowl uh and yeah we're just gonna like we're gonna we're gonna work we're gonna get any raven that's out there for sure we're gonna get them and we're gonna jump into it we're gonna uh, we won't go dive too deep in, into it here but there's the obj there's pq there's Mata bk uh there's Devin Clowney. there's darby there's there's a number of guys that we're gonna we're gonna jump right into free agency with and see what the ravens do to rebound and start building again one more mention here. Our friends at Pristine Auction are sponsoring this live stream, and uh, they want you to explore the thrill of authentic autographed sports memorabilia where every piece tells a story, every bid brings you closer to the excitement of your favorite sports moments. If you use code VAULT at pristineauction.com, which is included in the link of the uh, included in the show notes with the link below, you'll get $10 off your first win. Sarah and I decided to put up some money for a uh, Lamar Jackson signed jersey, so be on the lookout for how you can enter into that if we end up being the winning bid we'll let you know on twitter uh, how you can get involved there for our free giveaway so looking forward to that but uh but yeah i'm sure it's going to be a a jam-packed week just kind of putting the finishing touches on this one and and we'll be there and and hey by the way you know all year long just for those of you who who jumped on the not not the ravens bandwagon but our bandwagon uh here inside the vault we we are a a year-round show so just because we're about to kind of turn the page into the off season doesn't mean that uh, we're not going to have daily content for you. So the only time we, it's not busy is in July. This is the only time it's yeah. not busy. So we're, we'll, we'll, we'll be going hard. There's going to be plenty of content. Meanwhile, Bobby Detroit is up 24 seven over San Francisco. Yeah. So It'll be a cool story. If, if the lions end up moving on, you know, yep. it's a team that's uh pretty likable, probably not as likable as Kansas city. I think a lot of us can agree, <laughs> can agree with that. Cause obviously, uh, now Taylor and Travis are headed to the Super Bowl, so that storyline is only going to get more overpowering. Overbearing is probably the right word from a media coverage standpoint. But we do want to say thank you to all of you for just a fantastic year in terms of viewership, growth, uh, engagement, support. You guys have been incredible. Uh, the pregame show today was pretty magical. Uh, gosh, uh, you don't probably don't even know this, but Orioles manager. Brandon Hyde made his debut on the vault this uh, today. So that was kind of cool. And Cedric nice. Mullins, Orioles center fielder. Uh, Daniel Wilcox, former former Baltimore Raven, dropped by. Gosh, who else was on? Tyler Wells, starting pitcher for the Orioles. It, it was a who's who. And uh, Dennis and Todd, Dennis Pitta and Todd Heap were around there. They didn't have time to come on, but it was um, it was a lot of fun. So we should probably get to some super chats as well yep. for those of you who, uh, who decided to support there through, through this show. Row Live says uh, the Lions established the run. If only the number one rushing attack was smart enough to do the same. Thanks, Todd and Harbs. Down 7-10 is never a reason to abandon. Ramsey J, only six rushes. Yeah, we, we, we held pretty much everybody accountable there throughout this live stream. Tim, we didn't play like the best AFC team today, even though the refs played a part. KC made the plays they needed to make when they needed to. That's right. David, the Chiefs loaded the box. Munkin had no plan. Certainly no plan from a rushing standpoint. Brandon is is uh is jumping to conclusions here on the Harbs train. He thinks it's it's time for a new coach. Perhaps he feels like Mike Mack can be that guy. 
Uh, Lil Nation says Munkin disaster class, no runs, no slants, no shot. That was the other thing. It wasn't just that it was Bobby, no running, but it felt like, um, it, and they even commented on this in the broadcast that even for Holmes, they're giving him like these easy passes. It just felt like time and time and time again, it was like these, the same mistake as the first half of Houston, where it was like these long developing routes. And it was like, but you didn't have time for that. So it was like, yeah. for a minute, they were like dumping it a little bit more. And I don't know, it, it wasn't just bending the run. Like to his point, it was a little bit more than that. Yep. Yep. Luke says OBJ took us, took us for a ride for 15 <laughs> mil. I don't care about him teaching Zay. He took us for a ride. Well, uh, the statistics obviously were not great, but uh, that's the, yeah, the stats weren't there. So, for, so, you know, Luke is entitled to his opinion. Obviously everybody, many people have been saying since Lamar signed that OBJ was worth it. Um, that being said, as much as I felt like OBJ was a good signing and I felt like he was excellent in the locker room. Um, I, I don't know that he's returning, <laughs> especially not at that price, unless he wants to come back at a much, much smaller price. Yeah, and he kept it pretty cryptic post-game when asked about his future. Yep. Ronnie says credit to the Chiefs. They came out with a plan to score fast and control the game. There was limited time for Lamar to hurt them. We didn't make good on the chances we had. Great season, bright future. And the last one coming in here, our hometown says great year, Zay. Not sure about Harbaugh anymore. There will be questions about him, I'm sure, from some of you out there. And Chef Trez wants us to open up the phone lines, which I think we're probably – there will be a time for that this week, I'm sure. We've already gone an hour, and uh, we want to be mindful of our timing and whatnot. But there will definitely be time this week where we will have more therapy sessions here inside the vault <laughs> as we try to as we try to make sense of, of what's happened here. The Ravens lose. They fall short of the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, somewhere they had not been in the Lamar era. So certainly a step forward, but a step back in a sense too. I know in the moment it feels like a step back, right? But yeah, uh, as, as you start to kind of soak this one in and, and everything, uh, you just realize how far that, you know, a lot of people did not have them here whatsoever. And, well, in a it, it, and it, it was a step back in terms of the offensive performance today, even it was. To a, maybe to a certain degree, the defensive fit, um, just in the beginning, but man, I mean, 17 points to Mahomes. Come on. So yeah. it, it, it did. It was, it, listen, the goal, we all know what the goal was. We know what the goal was. We know what it would have been if, if we were moving forward, what that would have meant for legacies and all that kind of stuff. And they fell short, they fell short. And um, we'll have therapy sessions, as you said, throughout, I don't know, the next month or whatever. And, uh, and that's, and we're just gonna have to live in this reality. And uh, but no doubt, no doubt, no doubt the Ravens will be a playoff team again. And then once you get there, you just have to show up in these big moments. The Ravens didn't do it today and yep. we're not going to get where it's going to be another year until we find out if they can do it next time. Yep. Like you mentioned, lots to come, lots to come, including lots to come. Sarah and I being in Vegas together, which is going to be exciting. We, we have radio row access. We're hoping for more access just overall, but we will be out in Vegas the week of the Super Bowl. And providing coverage, you know, obviously there was a lot riding on today for a lot of people. For us, it was going to be gravy. We already knew we were going to be there uh, doing our coverage, doing as much shows as we possibly can. But, man, if our team was there, that would have really been something. Uh, we'll have to wait a year at least for that. But we will be in Vegas. We will be on Radio Row. And we will be giving you as much possible content as, you ca as we can over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, which I know it's not going to be as compelling as the team still being in it. But we'll try our best. 
Uh, Roquan will be out there, so hopefully we'll have a chance to catch up with him then. If not before, who knows? We're, we're going to – don't worry. We're, we're going to try our best. We're going to try our best to make sure that um, the finishing touches on this season content-wise uh, live up to your expectation. And I, I know I speak for you, partner, when I say, uh, you know, just a lot of gratitude for, for the, the folks that believed in us this year. Hit yeah. a lot of personal milestones, I would say, a lot of show milestones. And uh, it kind of just gives us, like, like I'm sure the fuel that's, that today's loss is going to give the, the Ravens organization itself. Um, I'm certainly feeling energized and fueled, and um, my creative juices are flowing for what's still to come for us. So I appreciate you and, and our friendship and our business partnership and, uh, and our banter and, and all the good stuff that comes in between. And I can't wait to see you in a couple weeks. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. I'm, uh, I, listen, this stuff never ends. The football season never ends content wise. And to your point, man, what a year this has been <laughs> in our season. I mean, to your point in terms of milestones and this and that, like we have just been grinding, bringing out the content. It will not end. It's going to be, I'm going to have a blast. I'm going to have a blast in Vegas and it's my mission to catch up with with Lamar and Roquan while we're out there, because we know that those are big weeks for them. That will be our mission as we get out there. And Let's hey, maybe it. Todd will be out there. We'll have to hunt him down. <laughs> I think I get the sense there's going to be quite a few people out there for Super I mean, Bowl. He's a top week, so. five finalist, right? Don't forget. So Harbaugh, Munkin, and McDonald are all finalists. So yeah. maybe they'll all be NFL honors. And we're trying to get in there. So we'll see. We'll see. I hope so. I hope so. Special thanks to Pristine Auction for sponsoring our live stream the last couple weeks. Please go give them a chance. If you use code VAULT, as you see in the description of this video, you'll get $10 off. Uh, and, and hey, there's a lot of good memorabilia on there. Like we said, we will keep you up to date via Twitter about our bidding for that signed Lamar Jackson jersey. And if we end up winning it, we will be sure to do a free giveaway to you. So, as always, if you enjoyed this broadcast, please consider liking this video on whatever platform that you're watching on, subscribing to both the Vault and the Bobby Baltimore YouTube channels, and being on the lookout for what we have coming up in the coming days when we start to kind of put the, the, a bow on what was, all in all, a very successful season. Unfortunately, ends a little bit short for all of our liking. So for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Instant Reaction live stream. We will talk to you guys later this week. Thank you so much for popping on.